Welcome to another episode of Collective Conversations. I'm your host, Mike Brewer, and today I'm excited to catch up with Brock McLean. Brock is the EVP and CRO of LeaseHawk, and Brock and I have known each other for a long, long, long time, except that I think we've only met one time in person. Brock, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike, thanks so much. And yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, I, I feel like I've known you for forever, and, and I hadn't actually thought about how many times in person, but, but uh, that's probably true, but I've been I've been certainly uh, uh, connected and, and followed along uh, with your career over the years and, and appreciate the opportunity to join you today. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for investing a bit of your time with us. Yeah, I think the one the one and only time I ever met you in person was uh, you were with Terry Slattery. Yeah. Slattery yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, it was here in Atlanta and there was uh, it was one of Steve Lefkowitz's uh Oh, I can't remember what he named it, but it was a oh, technology. Oh, yeah, the or, yeah, one of the innovation tech conferences. Yep. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm finally, uh, I'm, I'm excited to catch up in person. Uh, listen, you've had a decorated career at a number of different, in my head, prestigious multifamily firms uh, on the business partner side. Um, unpack your career a little bit for us and uh, tell us what brought you to where you are today. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, when I, when I, when I think of it and I start adding up the years, Mike, it just reminds me that I'm probably older than I'd like to be is, is kind of what, what happens when I, when I think about it, but, but I've had such amazing fortune. You're right. To be, to be part of some, some really awesome brands in the space and also been part of some really interesting uh, kind of shifts and that have been driven often by tech and be, be able to kind of see those through, you know, I got in the industry, uh, you know, oh boy, gosh, nearly 27, eight years ago with Forent, literally Forent magazine. I mean, I'm talking about the, the publication itself and, and uh, you know, when, when you drove around with a Thomas guide and, and, and dimes in your, in your, in your glove box in case you needed to use a pay phone, you know, I, I know I'm definitely dating myself here, but, but uh, it, but was able to kind of see the shift from from that through to what you know what we now know as the ILS space and on into mobile and some of the advancements that are there and, and incredible advancements that have happened in that category over the years uh, and 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 later in my career I was part of the the Forent leadership team with you know Terry and a bunch of wonderful folks there so I I saw a lot of great things there and then in the mean and in between times I also did three tours with RealPage. And, and the first time was there was probably only, oh, maybe 300 people in the whole company, if you can imagine, uh, and, and was, was with them. And actually, you know, one of the other interesting sort of uh, changes that tech drove was the transition from core software, floppy drive software, and often DOS-based programs to what we now know as the cloud, although, of course, we didn't know it was named the cloud in those days. And I, I was part of the roadshow that... Um, that went around to owners and managers in the country and, and discussed how we were no longer going to have hard drives under desks or floppy drives to update software. We were going to update it via the internet and we were going to store your data and it was going to be secure. And, and uh, I remember a lot of people looking at me like, you're crazy that we would ever do that. And even internally, I was like, yeah, I know it sounds a little, a little bit out there, but, but uh, clearly that's that, that I think fueled an incredible amount of advancements. Um, and up until including, I was with RealPage through the acquisition by Tama Bravo at the, uh, I guess, sort of just early in, in 2021. You know, at that point, RealPage is, you know, we all know is a significantly large international company. And, and um, you know, it was during that time where I thought, you know, what, what would I want to do next? And we were spending a lot of time talking about 
you know, because we were sort of immersed in the, in the in the COVID period. So naturally, things like virtual experiences and how prospects are going to engage in our new normal uh, was often a topic. And um, at Leesock, Mike Mueller, who's the founder there, who I've known you know for for years and years in the industry, who's who's been the founder of a couple other innovative companies over time, had been making large advancements in AI and prospect engagement and and um, you know that tech was was kind of building, building, building from a um, a quality standpoint, and I think the timing was perfect to uh, bring it to market at a time when the market needed it, in a time when it would resonate with owners and managers, and and something that was very akin to my experience, which was around prospect engagement, how people search, you know, what's the self discovery process look like, and how could we add efficiency in the leasing process. So I. I joined the LeaseHawk team um, just in May of 2021, and and uh, that's been a blistering fast year. And great to get back out and see everybody. And uh, uh, you know, and I'm excited again to kind of be part of what I think is a, a sort of an expanded direction that's driven by tech that's that's having an impact in the way we do business. You know, I couldn't help but recall the Colorado backup tape that I would. We would package this little thing, look like a, I, I guess a small version of a, a VHS tape. You'd back that up and you'd send it off to wherever your corporate office was in, in America, right? And <laughs> they would do your books, and then like a month later, when it didn't matter anymore, they would send you the reports. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really it's fascinating. Like, and 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 what's more fascinating is it's not that much time. You know, the advancements that that, that we've seen are, are dramatic in a in a fairly small window of time. And, and I think that's been driven by tech, of course. You know, as you well know, our industry was a, probably a pretty well-kept secret into the early 2000s, you know, pre-companies go, you know, going public, pre-venture pre capitalist firm funding, you know, all these really amazing tech advancements. Um, the barrier to entry is being reduced by things like, uh, you know, the cloud and, and reach of, of, of technology. So I, it's, been a, it's been really a fascinating, uh, you know, period over the last 10 or 15 years, I would say. Yeah, I think I picked, I picked up on the word blistering, and I know it's it, as it relates to Leesock, but my imagination tells me that your your career watching, you know, paper give way to digital in, in the advertising yeah. space, and, and certainly all the advancements at RealPage, and and then, yeah, how I guess in my head, computers interacting with people, yeah. uh, as opposed to people interacting with people. Not that people are going away, right? Oh, of course, hope not, but. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, of course, when you're living it, right? It's sometimes uh, you don't sort of notice, but but it's uh, conversations like this that give pause for reflection, and and you realize uh, not only has a lot happened, but I'm but I'm really thankful to have been part of it all, and and even at that, I always encourage some of the people who are newer in their careers of multifamily that I feel like we're still just at the beginning, right? I feel like there's so much opportunity and. And what an exciting time if, you know, if you're just new to multifamily, I think it's, uh, it's really at a, at a new phase of explosive growth and, and the opportunities are incredible. Yeah. And I, th I think to speak to that point, I, I can't remember where I read this and I, I won't be able to, to quote it exactly, but I was read something along the lines of, hey, in the last, let's, let's see in the last 30 years, there's been this unpacking of advancement in all industries, right? But certainly in the multifamily space, but <clears throat> Leading along with that or running concurrent with that were this technology backbone that was being built that the next 
10 to 15 years in our business are going to accelerate at a pace that is just going to be right. The, the impact of the industry is going to be a hundred X where it was like 10 X in the past. Yeah. And so I, I completely agree. It's going to be crazy. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's both incredibly exciting and incredibly overwhelming at the same time. I, you know, I, I, I can relate to that, you know, in the past, I, I don't know if this resonates with you, but I, I remember you could stay up with the industry movement by way of units magazine or the, the JPM, or uh, there are a couple of other industry mags or rags, whatever we call them, uh, where you could kind of keep a pace with what was happening in the industry anymore. I, I, it's like a fire hose. I can't, yeah. I can't keep up every day. I wake up and there's something new happening in the space. <laughs> it's like, oh, and, and, and I was thinking, Mike, it'd be interesting for your perspective, you know, as we, as we come off of NAA and, and, and really kind of standing around and looking at the breadth of, you know, incredible companies doing very innovative things in categories that really didn't have innovation for long periods of time and seeing that and then thinking, you know, boy, if you're an owner and an operator, you know, how do you begin to assimilate the, the nuances or the things that are going to be the most impactful or where do you focus? Or, I mean, it, it has to be very challenging to, to sift through the incredible amount of options that exist today. Yeah, it's it definitely is. I, I actually believe in my heart of hearts that there has to be or there will be some sort of consultant agency out there that'll that'll get this down. But I, I will tell you just thumbnail sketch what the way we look at it is we have uh, we have a team member sort of journey mapped out. We have a customer journey mapped out. We have a business partner journey mapped out. We also have an investor journey mapped out. And we literally try to, to sort of catalog all the touch points along the way, or at least as we understand them today. And then we break technology against those touch points where we think there is uh, an opportunity to capture, uh, you know, efficiencies or capture a cost reduction. Or if it does cost a little more, is the resident going to love it so much so that they'd pay up for it? But it's hard to your point. It's very hard because there are only so many hours in a day and there are only so many people in the organization that have the bandwidth to actually look at all that stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, 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 and, and, and there's so many really cool ideas and things to, to, to dig in a little deeper on. Uh, unbelievable ideas. It's like there, it's like technology created for problems that we didn't even know we had. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you hope it's going to create efficiency and not, not necessarily more overhang. I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, I, if we can, I want to dive into lease talk a little bit, maybe lift up the hood a little bit. I, yeah. I am deeply, deeply fascinated. I, I won't name the company or the person that first turned me on to AI. Um, as it relates to leasing, but we were very early adopters. Let's say this was like three and a half, almost four years ago, plus or minus. I'm probably off a little bit, but we deployed uh, deployed a, a technology across our entire portfolio. It was very early innings, so there were lots of bugs. There were lots of integration issues and, and so on and so forth. But since that moment, and we ended up moving away from that, um, but that was partly because we were selling off a lot of our assets uh, to capitalize on the market. But but I got deeply, deeply interested in it. And maybe we can kick off by just describe a little bit about what LeaseHawk actually does out yeah. in the marketplace for operators. Yeah. The, you know, on the, on the AI side, the, the brand is, is Ace, which is LeaseHawk's brand, um, but it's fully customizable name, look, feel, you know, all those things. So it's, while that's our brand, it's, it's very much a, a fully integrated piece of a digital marketing strategy for a company. And the idea was to 
to capture, you know, prospects at point of engagement. I, I know for me, I, I often thought as I got older, my, my sort of patience and my, my expectation of immediacy would somehow begin to mellow. But, but in fact, I think it's gone the other direction. And, <laughs> and I, I'm more than convinced that today's prospect is very much the same. And so, um, you know, we've got an industry where occupancy rates are high, lead volume is enormous still. Um, you've got challenges with staffing often uh, at the community level, um, lots of hats being worn by leasing staff. And so how do we create um, through tech the ability to uh, enhance the prospect experience, improve the immediacy of communication, take that lead volume and convert more into guest cards, appointments, and ultimately leases, add accretive bandwidth to your overall leasing model, and even flexibility in the way you deploy it. So those were at the core of the things that we were trying to get to. Um, upon analysis, we realized that there's still a lot of principles in our space that are, are consistent over the, over the last 20 years. 50% of leads originate on the phone still, which, which might seem surprising, but is really the case. Um, uh, increasingly, we've got a population that wants to text and, and a, a person you know, going through a text conversation, their intent to rent is probably pretty high because they're they're engaged in that process. And of course, chat being probably the oldest of, of the AI functions that, that's around and a, and a key component of, of digital marketing strategy. So the idea was to capture prospects when, where, and how they want to communicate. Um, and so I think having a, we call it an omni-channel approach, which is voice, text, and, and chat, um, was a way to do that and was able to meet that prospect when they're ready to communicate if by chance there wasn't someone available at the site or if it was after hours or if it was you know, the middle of the night, um, the leasing office would be able to extend the reach of that communication in a very conversational way, customized for that site, including pricing and availability, book appointments um, uh, across all the tour types and so on. And so we became very much a, an extension of the leasing office was the idea. And that, that is at the core of what we do and, and where we're finding a lot of success for our clients. What is interesting is in addition to that, there have been some opportunities spring from AI that weren't maybe initially contemplated. I mean, if the initial thought was prospect engagement, what's also happened is uh, we're able to handle a few things like, like some of those staffing challenges, like provide options around uh, call centers. It could be a hybrid model where you've got some communication handled by AI, some making it way, its way to a, a, a person-enabled call center. Um, the other interesting thing has been, along with those staffing things, the desire to create some culture change, some work-life balance, some advantages in recruiting. And so we've got some clients who are considering things like not staffing a leasing office on a Sunday and letting AI handle all that. It promotes uh, good Good, you know, good culture for your staff or recruiting, you know, because maybe somebody doesn't want to work on weekends or something like that. So, so runway for your leasing staff, flexibility in your leasing model, efficiency in leasing, and then, and then efficiency in what are the leads most likely to transact? The ones that get integrated into your CRM that have been through AI, a couple interesting data points. The, um, the approval rate for those applicants is generally higher when they interact with AI than not, you might ask, well, why is that? And that's because they've done a lot of pre-qualifying. They know the rental requirements. They know if their dog is going to be accepted or if they've got a gym or whatever those things are important. They've already kind of narrowed that down. So by the time they get there, they, they feel pretty confident that they fit. So approval rates are higher. Uh, 
again, efficiency at the leasing staff. The other thing that's interesting is the time to move in from, from application to move in is reduced. And, and once again, it's because they're pre-qualified. They already know they want to move. They're not going through the process. So the time from application to lease and move in is often shorter than what we would know as a more traditional process. So I, I give you all that detail because in addition to the core capture more prospects when, where, and how they want to communicate, incremental yield through approval rates, time to move in, staffing efficiency, those are all areas of lift that owners and managers are realizing via AI in addition to the core principles of, of prospect engagement. Wow. There is a ton. <laughs> I have like 57 questions that came into my mind as you're speaking through all of that. I, so uh, I'm going to be all over the board here. Yeah, of course. I, I'm interesting. Let's, let's key off of omni-channel. Um, certainly there are additional channels that are being introduced into the ecosystem today. Let's call it TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, et cetera. Yeah. And, is it, is it fair to assume that at some point that same sort of uh, interaction or engagement or trigger point can be, uh, I guess, you can get into one of those platforms and actually start to engage with AI through Snapchat, through Instagram, et cetera? Yeah, you could extend the same links that would exist on a website. Could be a chat uh, um, experience, could be a... Uh, a phone number that's that's voice or text enabled can be integrated now across your digital marketing strategy. So not just your website, but your ILS partners, your social media profiles, your 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 points of engagement like a Snapchat or a TikTok. The idea, or or even the the other big one, Mike, is the amount of traffic coming from Google business profiles now. You know, becoming a, a core area, right? You can extend the reach of chat, appointment setting, call, text, all those things to there. So you're meeting that prospect who may, may or may not ever make it to your website, but you're meeting them where they're most comfortable engaging. And, and to key off that point for a second, may not ever make it to your website. Do you think that that, let's call it e-commerce, that, that actual transaction can happen no matter where the origination of the lead is, all through AI from sort of the beginning all the way to the end of a lease signing, that can all happen with AI. And no- Absolutely, yeah. Because within within uh, the the ACE platform, I mean, in addition to all the you know the, the questions that you can and you can either you know click bubbles or actually type in and being able to type in natural language is kind of intriguing because we can also provide insights to our clients about what are people really asking about, what do they want to know about, and you can begin to, to divide or define your SEO strategy or things like that because you're now getting insights into what they're looking for. Um, so all those things are possible, but when you think about it, in addition to you know, the traditional Q&A, we also can serve up, you know, videos, photos, floor plans, links to applications, um, all those things that can exist without the formality, if you will, of the what we know to be a more traditional process. I think we're early, early innings in that, uh, you know, that end-to-end -end experience, but it's more than possible today. And, and do you think, it, so I, I, at least my loose understanding, uh, uneducated understanding, the, the difference between natural language processing or the NLP or what you just described there is this sort of natural conversation. There's a difference between that and sort of this, uh, what I guess is described as an understanding versus like you, 
you have that kind of conversation, but then the AI is actually intelligent enough to understand sort of an intention that that particular prospect or, or resident, whatever wants to happen, right? There's, there's a difference between those two things. Yeah. So you've got, I mean, I guess the, the term often uses there's guided conversation, which would be a traditional, like click a button, you know, like run to requirements, click and you get that or, you know, click uh, uh, schedule a tour something like that. Um, NLP does a couple things. One, in a chat experience, it allows you to um, you know, type in questions and, and think about like the 25 ways you could ask about a gym, you know, fitness center, gym, where do I work out? You know, all those sort of intents, right? That, that platform can read and respond with details about the fitness facility in a, in a community, as an example. <clears throat> NLP also allows for voice and text, which is you know, a really huge way that leads are being generated today. So truly conversational, ask a question, um, you know, is there a dog park, you know, and get the detail back. So it's, I think it's about 150, 160 leasing questions customized by site that can be completely integrated into the platform. So the, the intents are read and that's what drives the responses. And, and so in my head, you're, so I, I have to unwind this in my head every time I have this conversation. It's, so, there is a certain amount of information that is baked in. In other words, you have to put all the detail for your community into the system. You have to help it learn. But over time, that database, not only germane to your property, but germane to all properties in the LeaseHawk system are coming together to produce what would be more contextual type answers or actually learned answers as opposed to those fed to answers, if that makes sense. That's exactly right. Every two weeks, we are we are kind of providing updates, and we're building uh, that learned experience, not just on the individual property, but that experience across all. Much the way um, I think the, the the Tesla revolution was born. Right, the 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 experience of how people drive those cars is not a one off scenario. It's across all the connected vehicles, and they enhance that driving experience accordingly. So it keeps getting better all the time more conversational, more intense, more, more uh, natu natural, if you will. So that from a consumer experience, we're, even if we recognize that we are talking to artificial intelligence, we become more comfortable with it because we're able to speak the way we would communicate with another person and be able to have that interaction in a way that makes sense. That, that makes, do you think, do you think it's too far-fetched to think that um, it, uh, I've heard the term, ambient context, right? And so what, what is around you influences the way you might behave in that particular circumstance. So is it is too far-fetched to think that a an AI leasing uh, sort of platform could take into consideration where a person is standing at a moment in time and what the AI knows to be around that person at that moment in time as a way of dare I say, influencing their their decision to move forward in a conversation with your community. There's no doubt, you know, we, we were talking earlier about how despite the incredible evolution of tech, how we're still probably standing on the precipice of like that much more. And I think we're, I think we're in the same category here where the AI that exists today is incredibly efficient, incredibly effective at converting prospects to leads and ultimately appointments. And, and we're seeing great success with that. But I think it's just the beginning. And I think the, the ability to create even more um, effective experiences, both 
the ambient experience that you're talking about, or even the ability to be able to have self-guided tours being driven by an AI leasing agent, right? So, so that kind of like QA that might happen or traditionally happen with a leasing agent kind of be able to be managed that way. I think we're, we're definitely on the precipice of those things coming together. And, and if you think about the efficiency that will create in the overall leasing model where you can take your leasing staff and, you know, today they're wearing 20 hats, boy, if you could reduce it to the five critical ones, right, that require that human engagement and have AI be able to handle the repetitious, more, more sort of block and tackling, I think the yield being generated on a property or a portfolio could be significant. I, I couldn't agree with you more. We, we, uh, one of the, uh, sort of our, one of our driving principles here at Radco is this thing that we labeled, uh, ACEO automate, centralize, eliminate, or outsource. Right. And so I often think about AI as it relates to any one of those four words and how do you use AI to sort of automate, right. Or, or the other things I, I I'm interested in my imagination, I can see a day when prospects, let's say people are cataloged in your platform, you know, a lot about them. You also likely know when they're keying up to move again. So you've brought them to my place, you've put them in there, but now you have the ability to sort of see when they're going to make their next move. And in my head, you can insert yourself early on in that conversation, either (laughs) it's, it's sort of, there's some weirdness there, right? But keeping them in my portfolio, so to speak, and or doing what is in the best interest of that particular person and farming them out to other apartment property management companies across the country. Is that is that reasonable to think that's a possibility? In theory, right, the data is there. And you know, of course in my my time at RealPage, you know, you you have a you have a really good indication of you know what people's timelines are for things that they might consider. And we have, we're, we're an agnostic partner and we've got, I think, 45 plus integrations in the country. So in theory, yes, I mean, um, there's the, there's the what's possible. And then there's, you know, what I think would be, you know, I think that the right thing to do. And what I, yeah. what I wouldn't advocate for is getting in front of a prospect who's 11 months into their lease and saying, Hey, are you looking for a new place? And, and, you know, and Mike looking at me going, wait, why are you getting my residents to, to, to pick another place? Yeah. You know, so the same reason back, you know, 25 years ago, Mike, we didn't deliver for it magazines to the apartment doors, right? At the, at the right. Uh, <laughs> right. Cause I mean, that, that typically probably wouldn't go over well with our, with our customers, but, but, but you're right in the sense that um, how, how data will be able to create efficiency for, and, and, and if you're the prospect or you're the, the, you know, in this case, a resident being able to be, you know, served up or, or even be relatable that, Oh, they know who I am. They know what my interests are. They know, you know, what what things motivate me, and to be able to have a more customized approach, I, I think is is very viable. And I think I think it could be viable, uh, especially if a, a proactive management company did that within their portfolio, you know, kind of thing. Oh, we'd love for you to renew, but if not, we've got this wonderful community, you know, just down the road here, or something like that. That might feel very personal and interactive. You, you know, I, I agree with you one hundred percent on all those points, and I, I think that. If you're preemptive in that, if you can keep that in your, that conversation isolated to your portfolio and the AI is working behind the scenes and it's preemptive in nature, 
in that it's it's paying attention to all these signals through these conversations, these little touch points that you've you've pre-programmed or choreographed into the system. It it could, at least in my head, it could sort of handle a lot of potential concerns and issues without you ever having it's hey, so and so is behaving in such a way that you might want to touch base with them person to person because we sense these, you know, they're, they're going to make a decision that is adverse to your community. They're going to move out or they're going to complain or they're going to whatever. You could use the system. The system can be smart enough to do that stuff. The, the early days of that are happening right now. Uh, you know, we've spent a, some time talking about prospects, but on the resident front, right, which, which the industry has been blessed with very high occupancy rates for a number of years and residents are, are at the core incredibly important and, it, and it's it's much more economical probably to keep one than to, to find another and so we are uh developing now a very expansive resident workflow as well to do the early stages of what you're talking about so from a from a resident experience standpoint make it easy for things like for non-emergencies of course but things like process a work order right or reserve an amenity or things like that that could all be handled via ai engagement without having to either make sure you're in office hours so you get a leasing agent to help you or or being, you know, at eight o'clock at night and not being able to get anyone to answer the phone because you've got a leaky faucet, things like that, prioritizes those um, requirements for your maintenance staff. So the early stages of being sure that you're touching the residents on a regular basis or making their experience that much better uh, is, is where we are today. And then I, I think, of course, the sentiments that could be derived from those points of engagement will build on what you're talking about, which would be further uh, intense or, or, or red flags potentially of where you have some risk. And, and I think as we, as we move along, that's an area of opportunity, I think as well, but for AI, definitely. It, it, you know, that, that brings to mind that the uh, playing off that or keying off that there's sort of a, a labor distribution component as well in that, you know, centralization is a big, Mm-hmm. Uh, buzzword right now in the industry. And I, I think many, many, many years ago, centraliz- centralizing sort of AM responsibilities or assistant manager responsibilities. Um, now it's leasing, right? Centralizing a lot of that. My, my imagination tells me the next thing is potentially centralizing service side or, or what is called maintenance in, in our industry. But um, labor distribution is such that, you know, you, you have a hub and the AI kind of is the backbone, the communication backbone, and it's smart enough to know, hey, Atlanta traffic's really bad right now, so you might want to leave mm-hmm. at 645 instead of 745. And so it, it can bake all this in and, mm-hmm. and actually make your labor more efficient. Uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think you're right. I mean, and, and now as, as more and more uh, open access to key forms of, of, of data, and especially in a real-time basis are available in the, the exchange of that data in real time, make the expansiveness of the engagement for prospects, residents, or for, for teams at the site, uh, or even in a centralized experience to be that much more elevated. And those, you're right. I think those are the things as we look out over the next year, two, three, those are the areas I think of efficiency. Cause you know, in the end, as, as values continue to go up, as we continue to see rents on the increase, you know, you can only sort of move that needle so much so fast. So where else do you create some efficiency, right? It's going to be in, in people costs and efficiency and flexibility and office hours, all those things, if they can be handled by tech very economically, that incremental yield is going to make a difference in the overall overall success of the portfolio. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. It just it's it's like 
<laughs> the use cases are are endless and the second you unpack one you're you're thinking about the next one <laughs> yeah, you, you, could whip, you could whip yourself up for sure yeah, yeah that yeah. is so true yeah. um i so i'm i'm interested if if you were um i want to say this diplomatically because i'm certainly respectful of all the giant uh property management uh, property management systems out there um, I'll, I'll leave the names unsaid but sure. I, I think there's been this sense or maybe reality over the years that it it becomes hard to play with these property management systems for the right reasons. Like you, you want to be a walled garden because you want to protect your interests and things of that nature. But it, it's also frustrating on the side of an operator because you you want to employ some of these technologies. And you know, going back to the AI that we had, we finally gave up because the property management system that we use wouldn't play nice with the the, the AI, right? Or the Releasing yeah. it. And, and so yeah. have you seen some thawing of the ice, if you will, in that area of the business that, uh, um, make in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think I think messaging wise broadly in the industry is this is this, you know, we're open, you know, for business kind of messaging. And I think intent wise, that's probably the case. Um, but I would say beyond that, then some are more challenging than others for a variety of reasons. And it, and it, and it, some of it could be, could be focused intentional. Others could be just a matter of resource and, and commitment. I also think you've got varying degrees of um, um, flexibility in the, in the platforms with which things are built and the ease of sort of, you know, integrating in and out into those, you know, would, would probably vary, you know, in, in some cases. As they say, I think that I think the intent is there, and and in the end, you know, customers are the ones that uh, you know are the biggest influencers. Influencers, and I think if you know if uh, you know if if a customer wants it, it tends to tends to happen, right? Um, more so than if it's uh, somebody like uh, a company like Leasehawk going to one of the large tech stacks and saying, "Oh, we'd like to do this together," and they say, "Well, awesome, who's going to use it?" Right? And so that's typically the response. But if it's if it if if you're coming with an application that makes sense and is going to improve the experience for a mutual customer, then I would say the 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 general disposition is is very positive in that way. And some are just easier to work with than others, more just given style and infrastructure than than desire. I would say that that makes sense. What I hear you saying with the style and infrastructure is, hey, if our our property management system is built on ancient architecture, it's a little harder to get that integration happening as opposed to somebody that's built on a, a modern day architecture. Can, can be, yeah, can be, right? I mean, it's, it's, um, but, but I, I do think that, that we've gotten better um, in that way. And, but, you know, by the same token, I think there's also some, some interesting tech stacks that have done a great job of building while it is a bit of a walled garden. There's some efficiency in the, in the platforms that are in place that add value for, for clients that are there. Um, and so, I, you know, what is, what is interesting in our space? I think it's hard to be great at everything. Uh, you know, you can, you can be good enough at everything and sometimes that's good enough, but it's hard to be great at everything. And I, I think there's so many wonderful um, point solution tech companies doing some incredibly innovative things in, in categories and drive you know, whether it's a better experience for a prospect or a resident or for yield for owners and managers. I mean, I think there's things out there and, and um, you know, I think as you say, and I know you've always been a guy who's always wanted to 
look for? What are the things that can make the biggest difference for your business? And, and you'd rather have those than have good enough across the suite that's this long, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, you, you're, you're right in that statement. And I, I think in my heart of hearts, it's, I, it's like the David and Goliath thing, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm always for David and it's yeah. because I, I do think I've met, you know, I met Mike Mueller a long, long time ago. I met other interesting people in the space and, and when I talk to him, I just get thrilled, right? I get excited about what, what they're working on and I just want to run with it and make application of it and endorse it and blow the doors off or help blow the doors off for them. But then, you know, it's, it's that next conversation with the other player that has to be in the room. And it's like, yeah, ah, yeah. So bummed. It's such a bummer. You're right. And, and, and I would say, you know, one of the things that we have done that's been really helpful is we, we made the investment in time and, and energy to get the integrations already in place. So now when we speak with a, a prospective client, we're, we're pretty confident that what was once potentially a, a kind of an objection, we've already solved for. And so, um, so, you know, as you were, you know, as you're looking, you're, you're, you know, you always have that apprehension of like, Oh yeah, but how am I going to plug it into this, this ecosystem that I have? And, and, we've kind of made the effort to be sure those things are already in place to, to kind of minimize that um, because it, it can be daunting or, or even frustrating to, to get there. So I, I, eliminating that has been a critical you know, component for us. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I, I certainly want to express that I'm not discounting to the property management systems that are, that are out there in the world. They're, they're fantastic in, um, in so many ways. Um, it's just that one way that I sometimes get frustrated by. But <laughs> I, I understand. So, uh, to pivot uh, drastically, uh, there, there's a lot of talk about the metaverse, and I, I'm interested. I have to believe in my heart of hearts that Mike Mueller, yourself, people are talking about this, and because Mike's always like 37 years ahead of everyone. Else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, is that is that a conversation that's happening internally? If you're you're allowed to speak to that? Yeah, I, I mean it definitely is, and and of course. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out that cliche. You know, it's on the roadmap kind of thing. Uh, I think the uh, the uh, you know the there is in the in the in the shorter run, right? There's um, amazing advancements to be made for uh, you know I mentioned residents, and then even even kind of further bifurcating the industry itself, right? Around things like student, right? Because there's some uniqueness there to to that, and so we we see this sort of prospect resident. Uh, experience still has, you know, some room for, for advancement. Um, and then I think from there, of course, you know, kind of a little farther out, but is, yeah, how do we, how do we take the experiences that exist today, take them to a, another level to where somebody literally from their couch, cause you know, none of us leave, seem to leave our couches these days, you know, can, can, you know, sort of, sort of find yourself literally in the unit with, you know, with your, your VR glasses on or something like that. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and sit on the couch and, you know, kind of turn on the TV and, and look out the window and see your view. And, and I, I, I mean, there, there was a time, Mike, where things that seemed a bit out there, I'd have said, oh, yeah, we'll never get there. I, I've, I've come to the conclusion now that everything is possible. Like, I, I don't rule anything out anymore because I've seen transitions of things that I would have not thought possible. So I, I think they are entirely possible. They'll be driven, of course, I think, by not only brands like Leasehawk, but but also what's the 
consumer experience. So not just not just the the multifamily prospect, but what what are our expectations, right? When we engage with any brand, you know, we're looking for a, a you know, I don't know, a new car or a, or a new couch, or you know, will we will we all get to the point where the tech is in our homes that allow us for that immersive, you know, experience in in the metaverse and you know, we're probably not there yet, but I mean, is it, is it plausible, you know, as we've seen the, the cost of, of, of tech and the, the robustness of it change our lives in so many ways, is it reasonable to think it's going to be in our space? And I think absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we'll get there down the line. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It just, it brought to mind, I, we were sitting in a, a strategic meeting. I think, it, I think it was a Monday, not this past Monday, but the Monday prior to that. And, and I talked about the metaverse and sort of some, potential applications of it and somebody on our somebody on my team said it's a video game and I'm like yeah I, I do I do get that yeah. in the same respect I, I think this is like you know it it will evolve into something that feels not so much like a video game but more like real life but yeah in a digital space and, I, and just I like so. you, you just like you rail against Facebook or Twitter, who's going to do that? And look at look at those platforms today. Yeah, no, I I, I think so too. I mean, it's it and, and of course it's it's driven as well just generationally, right? Because you know the group coming along, like you and I remember a day where you know like we were we were you know we had rulers and you know pencils and and you know and, and, and abacus and, and and I didn't even have a computer on my desk. I mean, we're definitely dating ourselves here, but. But I remember those days, right? But there's a generation coming along who doesn't know a day without Wi-Fi and and virtual experiences, and so the expectation for them is this is just the beginning. You know, where, where do we go? So yeah, I I don't doubt for a second. Back to your comment about the the amount of, of evolution of tech will will dwarf what happened over the last you know 15 or 20 years, and and I think this is going to be a component of that for sure. I I can't leave this unsaid it, to, to your point about this new generation it would i'd be super interested to know how many of the viewers that are that are watching this when it does public or, or publish the the thing that's behind you in that picture i know what that is yes. but i'd be interested we should give something away the first person that is like well i don't know 25 years or younger without yeah. going to google that identifies what that thing is yeah it's a prize <laughs> It's funny. I, I it's a piece, and yeah, we won't, we won't talk about what it is. But it, you know, the, the quick story is literally this is a piece as you see it that that my wife and I found at a, a small little six unit community getting getting rehab down at the beach, and it was sitting out front, and it just said free. And I I look, I go, oh, I gotta have that, right? And and uh, and so I, I brought it home and I, I put it on the wall, and and of course in this in this age of of you know, video, you know, communication that we've had over the past two years, it has been actually a wonderful communication piece because you, you, you know, invariably, right. It's either, it's either like, Oh my God, I know you know exactly. Or somebody looking at me going, man, that art deco piece is awesome that you have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of the two generally speaking. So uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great addition to my office for sure. I had a total blast for the past of uh, thinking about foreigner and jukebox zero. Yeah, definitely. And always losing that thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, or breaking it, right? Yeah. Yeah, or breaking it. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. I'm missing a problem. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I uh listen, I have 
I have thoroughly in, enjoyed this conversation. And is there anything that you'd like to sort of end cap with as, as it relates? We, we have viewers, we have listeners. Yeah. It's across the country. We're into Canada now. So you've got a pretty broad audience of people that are uh, watching or listening. Hey, I'd love to hear you in Canada. I'm a born and raised Canadian, as you know, so that's, uh, that's great to hear. I mean, it's actually great to see a lot of the Canadian companies making their way to NAA this year, which was fun. Uh, no, Mike, firstly, thank you so much. I mean, I, I, you know, as I say, I've been a fan uh, for a long time and uh, appreciate the opportunity to join the show today. I would say the only thing I would, I would leave is, you know, as, as you're listening to our conversation and even looking at some of the history we've shared over multifamily, you know, now is the time to embrace tech and where we're going. And, and when you think about tech, you know, I often look at some of the things, even some of the things I'm doing that maybe for my, for myself might not be, may not resonate with the way I would want to communicate, but there is a huge constituent of people who are very comfortable and want the flexibility to communicate when, where, and how makes sense for them. And as a digital marketer in our space, uh, you know, being sure you cast the net and have those opportunities available to meet each and every prospect in the way that makes sense for them, I think can only lead to you know, greater success, efficiency, more leads that convert to appointments, a better resident experience, all of those things um, uh, will, will really resonate with that, with that person. And I think only elevate the brand uh, that you represent. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more and very well said. I, I think that's a beautiful end cap to this conversation. <laughs> I, I, uh, I appreciate it, Brock. I, uh, I know it's an investment of time to come on and do something like this. Uh, my my hope in my heart of hearts is that it gets out to the world and your phone rings or uh, there's a chatbot conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate the time again. And for everyone else, uh, we will see you next time on Collective Conversations.